How many of you guys want to make a difference in the world? Come on, raise your hand. How many of you guys want to make a difference in the world? Come on now. We don't want to be shy about that. You know, I'm glad to hear that, and here's why. Nine and a half years ago, my wife and I started Radiate Church, and the reason we started Radiate Church, it wasn't to draw a crowd. In fact, it's easy to draw a crowd. It's not hard to draw a crowd. You can get up here, and you can talk about things that nobody ever wants to hear you talk about, and you can draw a crowd. It's not hard to draw a crowd. You can be weird. You can be crazy. You can be out there. You can be uh, just whatever you want to be, and a crowd can come. So we didn't, we didn't start Radiate Church to draw a crowd. We didn't start Radiate Church so I'd have a platform to preach, right? I was already preaching whenever we started Radiate Church every other Sunday night, preaching every week to teenagers and traveling across the southeast to preach. I didn't need a platform to preach. I was fine preaching. So we didn't start Radiate for that reason, right? We didn't start Radiate Church because I needed a job. I had a job. I had a good job, in fact. In fact, I left a job making way more than I've ever made again in my entire life to, to, to pastor, to pastor, like, I did. I, I, that's not why we started a church. We didn't start Radiate Church, you know, like so that we could, I don't know, be famous because that hadn't happened yet, right? So I don't even know if I want that to happen because I see what it does to people. Like, But the reality is, is we started Radiate Church because we wanted a family of believers to come together and be excited about worshiping God together. We started Radiate Church because we wanted to be a place of love and acceptance no matter where you were coming from in your life. We, we started Radiate Church, here's the main reason, because we wanted to change the world. We wanted to change the world. We, we still want to change the world. See, we started nine and a half years ago, but we didn't start with a crowd. We started with us and one other couple. See, we didn't, we didn't start with a bunch of money. See, we started Radiate Church. I worked four jobs and paid all the bills myself. See, I, I, we didn't start to make money because when we started, can I just tell you, like, I told this story the other day. There was a moment in our marriage I couldn't afford diapers for my son. Our, our account was in the negative. I was waiting on a paycheck to hit, and my wife looks at me and goes, we need diapers. And I was like, well, I'm going to get diapers. And she goes, but I saw the account. And I said, yeah, well, well <laughs> I'll steal them if I got to. I wore a big, heavy, big coat that day. Like, that's what Jesus died for, right? No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I go to get in the truck, and I kid you not, about 10 o'clock at night, a $20 bill blows across the yard over my foot. And I use that same $20 bill to buy my son diapers. Like, so whoever lost their $20 bill in my neighborhood that night, thank you. You bought my son diapers. See, I, I, the reason I say all that is, you don't change the world by drawing a crowd. You, you, you don't change the world by just becoming famous. Like, all that helps, right? You don't, you don't change the world by being cool, because I, I don't think I'm very cool, right? You don't change the world by, you know how you change the world? Loving the person in front of you every moment of every day, wherever you are. That's how you change the world. You change the world by being present in the moment, and looking at the person staring you in the face, Mr. Elliot Poston, and changing their world. So that they can walk around now with some love and with some confidence. See, we changed the world through the power of Jesus. We changed the world with the kingdom. Like, I wanted to start heavy today because here's the reality. A lot of times, I'm going to throw something at you in a minute that's going to blow you away. It blew me away. A lot of times we talk about wanting to do something. We talk about wanting to change the world. We talk about wanting to make a difference in our world. 
Can I just be honest? Talk is really cheap. Talk is incredibly, incredibly cheap. Clemson and Carolina wanted to win their football game yesterday. <laughs> bet, bet they said that in the locker room. Talk's cheap. Sometimes you can say one thing and something completely different takes place, doesn't it? Something completely, and sometimes it's not even because of us, but sometimes it is. See, I, I just believe that if we would declare, I want to change the world, and then actually walk out of these doors, and instead of complaining about everything that's happening, do something about it, then we might be able to change the world. I'm just of the belief that if we got off Facebook and got into people's lives, we might could change the world. I know, like y'all are like, holy cow. Listen, I just am in a place today where if we're going to talk about Jesus, if we're going to talk about the Bible, if we're going to commit our lives to the local church and the mission of the kingdom of God, then let's just talk about it and let's be about it and not just talk about it. Talk, talk is cheap. You change the world. See, we started nine and a half years ago to equip and empower people to change the world. And before you leave here today, we are literally going to equip and empower you today. I'm going to explain it more in a minute, but we're giving today's giving. We're giving it back to you today. We're giving you our offering today. We're giving you and equipping you and empowering you today to go back out there and make a difference. Because I'm tired of saying I want to change the world. But watch this. A recent poll just over the past few months just came out. And it says this. It says that 55% um, of U.S. churchgoers. Now, I'm not talking about across the world. I'm talking about United States. 55% of U.S. churchgoers say that they have not shared the gospel with one person in six months. We want to change the world, though, right? In fact, watch this. Watch this. 40, it kind of ticked me off, which you can probably tell. 49% of pastors, pastors, lead pastors, said that they hear more conspiracy theories on a weekly basis from their members than they do about their faith stories. And then we want to know why politics drives everything. Why are we more concerned about the White House than we are the kingdom of God? Why do we bow at the feet of the president more than we do the feet of Jesus? Because 49% of pastors hear more about your conspiracy theory than we do about our faith journey. Is this hitting anybody today? See, the reality is I'm, I'm mad not at you. I'm frustrated because we have churches across America that want to make a difference until it compromises what they stand for. Until it compromises their crowd. Are you with me? Their followers, their likes, their share. Like, my point is, guys, we can make a difference by loving the people that are in front of us every single day. And here's the reality. You don't need a microphone. You, 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 don't, need, you don't need to be an influencer, quote, unquote. You don't need anything other than what you already have to make a difference because everything you need to change the world that you live in is already in your hands. 
Everything you need to make a difference in this world is already in you. Everything. See, I want to encourage you today. Because I, I know we talk about, well, how do we make a difference? You have everything you need. You have the talent you need. You have the passion you need. You have the ability you need. You have the drive you need. You have the opportunity you need. You have the church you need. You have the friends you need. And if you don't, you can find them. The reality is, watch this, you have everything you need to make a difference. It's not a question of do we have it. It's a question of will we use it. It's a question of what will we do with what we have to make a difference in this world because you've been given everything that you need. Why don't you look at somebody real quick because I got you height and then I kind of hit you. So why don't you look at somebody real quick and tell them you got everything you need today. Come on, you got everything you need today. Let me give you this thought. Let me give you this thought. We're going to jump into Matthew chapter 14 today. Matthew chapter 14 is where we're really going to hang out for a little while and I hope you've already checked in on social media so we can give some money away and be generous. But let me give you this thought. What God gives you is his gift to you. But what you do with it is your gift back to him. What God gives to you, all right? So let's not like box this in. So I'm talking about talents. I'm talking about finances. I'm talking about relationships. I'm talking about a church family. I'm talking about a work family. I'm talking about a family family. Like everything God gives you is your, his gift to you. Everything you've got in your life is God's gift to you. What I do with that gift is, is my gift back to him. Let's think about it, right? So Christmas is only a couple, couple months away. That feels really weird to say. Right? You're going to start hearing about Christmas at Radiate soon and things like that. Christmas is only a little while away. When I give, my, when I give gifts, I love getting gifts, but I love giving gifts. I honestly do. I love giving people things, right? And the reality is, is when I give someone a gift... Right, What I, they do with that gift almost means more to me than the gift that I gave them. Right, So I'm going to tell, can I tell the story? I can't tell the story. I'm going to tell the story anyway. <laughs> I was really excited. I'm a gift giver, right? She's about to get so mad at me. Are you mad at me? I love you. I'll take you to dinner later. We're good. Um, <laughs> so I was really excited one day. I'm not doing this 10 or 11.30, so y'all enjoy this. Um, I was really excited one day. So I'm a shoes guy. I love shoes. Y'all know that? I love shoes, right? So I went and I bought some shoes one day. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy Megan some really nice, like, tennis shoes that she can work out in. Because she's got the same pair she's had since eighth grade. And um, <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to buy her some good ones, like, right? So... I spent some money on some tennis shoes for her. And y'all, they are slamming too. They are awesome. They are cool colors and they look great. So I walk in and I got this box, right? This, this shoe box. And I give it to her. I said, babe, I, said, I got you something. And I hand it to her. And she goes, oh, this is, no, this is how it went. I put it on your dresser. And I was out of town. I left. I went for a meeting somewhere. And I texted her and I said, hey, I got you something Look on your dresser. So she gets home and she opens the box and she, she FaceTimes me. She's like, oh, they're so pretty. They're amazing. I love them. And I'm smiling. I'm like, yeah, they are. You're right, girl. I love them. You love them. We good, right? 
So she puts them on. She takes a picture of her shoes, and she sends it to me. And she said, they look so good. And I was like, they do look so good. That was the last time she's worn them daggum shoes. She hadn't worn them things yet. Again, y'all, every time I see those shoes in my closet, I get this feeling in the pit of my stomach where I want to put a hole through a wall. So I got shoes for sale if anybody wants some. They're women, size 7, Nikes. They're great. They're amazing. I don't even know what kind. They're just Nikes. They're cool. <laughs> what? <laughs> so the lesson here is, Megan, what you do with the gift that I give you is your gift back to me. Right? <laughs> God's given us. I'm in so much trouble, y'all. <laughs> Kevin said, I know you are. God's given us so much in this life, right? So much. He's given us love and appreciation. He's given us people. He's given us church. He's given us talents and abilities. And, and watch this. When I look and I go, hey, that talent you gave me, that passion you gave me for music or that passion you gave me for this or that talent you gave me for this or that ability or that friend that I need to reach out to and share the gospel with, when I look and say, I don't want to do anything with that, then I look at God and say, I appreciate on the surface your gift, but I don't appreciate it enough to do anything with it. And I don't think any of us in this room would say that that's how we want to, what we want to give back to God. Now, I'm not saying like it's super easy. I'm not saying like it, it's, it's always going to be great. And the only question God asks whenever we begin to make a difference in this world with what he's given us is this. Who do you want to get the glory who do you want to get the glory? And watch this. He doesn't want an external answer because our external answer every single time is going to be this. God, I want you to get the glory. He looks, it says he watches the heart more than he does the, the, the skin and the external being of our life. So God doesn't wait to hear what we're going to say back in return. He watches how we live to know the answer to that question. Because if I only impact your life so that you can build my platform, then it's selfish and it's not for him. And so he already knows the answer and it, he doesn't cut us off. The great thing is he doesn't cut us off in that moment. He begins to build something in us that becomes selfless and we build his platform and not ours. Amen. I love that about God that he's always always growing us so if we're ready to make a difference now let me ask you again how many of you guys want to help change the world come on make some noise if you want to change the world all right so let's jump into Matthew chapter 14 because Matthew chapter 14 verses 13 through 21 we're all going to read that together in just a minute and what happens is there's this story of Jesus equipping and empowering the disciples to not stand by and watch someone else make a difference but for them to go out and make a difference in people's lives. Let's read this together verses 13 through 21 of Matthew chapter 14. It says, now when Jesus heard about John, he withdrew from there in a boat to a secluded place by himself. And when the people heard of this, they followed him on foot from the cities. And when he went ashore, he saw a large crowd and he felt compassion for them and he healed their sick. So Jesus is doing amazing things, right? He's healing sick. He's teaching people. He's loving people, right? Verse 15, 
When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This place is desolate and the hour is late. You ever been sitting somewhere like at a church service that ran too long or a play that you didn't want to go to to begin with or a concert or something and you're like, it is getting late. Like I wish they'd just hush. You ever been there? I've been there, right? This is how the disciples are. They're like, listen, people are leaving Jesus. It's getting late, right? They're hungry. This place is desolate. Hours already right late. So here's what they said. They looked at Jesus. They said, so send the crowds away that they may go into the villages and get some Chick-fil-A food for themselves. Hey, do you know what a Chick-fil-A sandwich that's room temperature and been sitting out too long is called? No. Uh, Chick-fil-A Odyssey. Chick-fil-A Odyssey, Odyssey in Revelation. It's the church. You know, you shouldn't be lukewarm. I'll spit you out of my mouth. Gotcha. That didn't, that didn't land, Elliot. That didn't work. That one didn't work, buddy. Oh, God. I got a lot of trimming to do before 10. Um, <laughs> I thought it was funny. I told him it was called dumpster juice, but, you know, whatever. That's nasty. Anyway, go and buy food for themselves, verse 16. But Jesus said to them, they don't need to go away. Watch this. You give them something to eat. They were like, hey, we just need to dismiss. Just say your prayer. Tell them to let's go change the world. Let them walk out those doors, right? Let them go next door and, and, and get some croissants at JR Cash. Drink their Diet Coke because Diet Coke offsets anything unhealthy. Let's go do that, right? And then, and then you need to let them go because they're hungry and it's late. And Jesus goes, no, don't you dare open those. Don't you dare let them go away. We got more to talk about. We got more difference to make. We got more kingdom to talk about. He says, how about this? Instead of you waiting on everybody else to give them something to eat, how about you give them something to eat? And they said to him, we only have five loaves and two fish. Now, you know, a little boy had that for in his little uh, Marvel uh, lunchbox there that day. He said, all we got is five loaves and two fish. And he said, bring them here to me. In ordering the people to sit down on the grass, he took the five loaves and the two fish. And looking up toward heaven... He blessed the food. In breaking the loaves, he gave to the disciples, and the disciples gave to the crowds. And they all ate and were satisfied. They picked up what was left over of the broken pieces, 12 full baskets. There were about 5,000 men who ate besides women and children. Can I just tell you, I think it's really interesting that Jesus didn't wait on anybody else to serve them. He told the disciples, you get off your butts and you give them what they need. Don't send them to somebody else. You've been with me. You spend time in my presence. You know what I can do. You know the power and the miraculous healing. You know what can take place. You get up. You bring me what you have. Watch me do what I do, and then you go and serve them of the overflow of the miracle that I'm about to perform. He said, don't send them anywhere else. There's nobody else that can serve them quite like you can because you've been with me. And when you've been with me, you learn how to serve people. Can I just tell you that if the church, if people of followers of Jesus have really been with Jesus 
it shouldn't be hard for us to serve of the overflow of what Jesus has miraculously done in our life. It shouldn't be hard to tell people of the marriage that he brought back together in our lives. It shouldn't be hard to tell people of the hell that he brought us out of. It shouldn't be hard for us to tell people, I may not have everything I want, but I have everything that I need through Jesus. See, when I've really been with him, I'm not serving of anything other than what he's already multiplied in a miraculous manner because I've been in his presence and there's nobody better to serve people in their lives than someone who's been with Jesus. Jesus said, it ain't, it, ain't, it ain't nothing. Don't send them anywhere else. You, you do it. Because in verse 17, we get this thought. It says this. It says, they said to him, we only have five loaves and two fish. Have you ever, have you ever heard Jesus or God or the Holy Spirit whisper into your life and tell you to do something? And your answer is, well, I only have Hey, hey, I need you to give above and beyond your tithe this week. Yeah, but I only, I only have. Hey, I need you to, to really like lean in and spend a little bit more time with your, your kids this week. Yeah, but I only have a few extra hours and that football game is oh so heartbreaking and important. Hey, I, 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 I want to spend a little bit like, why don't you spend a little bit more time in worship this week on the way to work? Yeah, but I only have 30-minute drive, Jesus. Because whenever we say, I only have, here's what we do. It is now our reason for not partaking in what God has asked us to do to begin with. And they said, I only have. They're, they're trying to explain why Jesus needs to send the crowds away and, and, and close up shop. They're going, I, I only got this, Jesus. But the reality is we can change the world when availability doesn't limit us. We, we can only change the world when availability doesn't limit us. Here's what I mean. You may only have $500 in your checking account. You may only have $100 in your checking account, but God can use that to change the world. See, you don't understand. You may only have been serving Jesus for two weeks, but God can use that to change the world. See, you may only have been friends for, 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 for a month, but God can use you to change their life. See, you may only have been the husband that you need to be for six hours, but he can use that to impact their life. See, you may only have a six-month-old child, but he can use you to change their life. See, the availability, when we allow it to limit us, becomes our reason for not doing anything. But when availability doesn't limit us, what begins to happen is now it's not about not having enough because our not enough is always just enough with God. Our not enough, you need to hear that, our not enough is always just enough for God because here's what the boy knew. The boy knew he had five loaves, two fish. That's what he knew. That was enough to feed him and his family, maybe. Get them back home until they could get into that little Debbie's box. Some jelly cream pies, praise God. You know what I'm saying? Maybe those nutter butter, extra stuffed. Right? LJ changed my life when he introduced me to that. He had five loaves, two fish, that's all he had. He said, that's all I got. The boy brought everything he had, but here's the reality. Don't disqualify what you have because of what you don't. Let me say it again. Don't disqualify what you do have 
because of what you do not. Uh, a lot of times our human nature is to spend so much time in the gap of what we don't have that we never fully appreciate what we do. I don't have the house I want quite yet. I don't, because here's what we say. I don't have enough money to tithe. I don't have enough time to give. I don't have enough ability to serve. I don't have, the, I don't have, and what we do is we will always underappreciate and disqualify what we do have when we're sitting in the gap of what we don't. And maybe there's something to the scripture of the, when if I'm faithful with little, I'll be blessed with much. Maybe there's something to be said when God goes, it ain't about what you don't have because what you don't have may be on its way if you appreciate what you do have and give it back as a gift to me and use it as worship don't disqualify what you do have because of what of what you don't we spend way too much time in the gap of don't we spend way too much time hoping well when I get my stuff together well when I'm fixed when I'm healed when I'm whole when I'm rich when I'm wealthy can I just can I just tell you something the way we treat money now will be expounded whenever we get more. It, the way we treat talents now are expounded whenever we get a platform. It all just, it doesn't change until we change. And we, it's at the character, our character is found by what we do with less. Character is found when what we, with what we do with less. So I can't wait until I, well, I don't, but I don't, but one day I will, and I can, and I may, and I, see, watch. One day, we're going to have a church that seats a thousand people. We'll have thousands walk through these doors. We'll have five, 10, 15 campuses across the state and across the country, reaching tens of thousands of people with salvations every single Sunday and baptisms every single Sunday. And we'll watch people change the world. We'll have a school for leadership. We'll be push, pushing out pastors to other churches. We'll have networks. We'll have all this stuff. But it doesn't, that none of that makes any difference if I can't appreciate what we stand in today. And what we stand in today doesn't matter if I don't appreciate the school. And the school doesn't matter if I don't appreciate the 8,000 square foot building we had first. And the 8,000 square foot building doesn't matter. And the 100, you know, 250 people that were coming to that don't matter if the four people that were coming to the small group don't matter. See, I've got to learn what God gives me is his gift. And what I do with it is mine. The boy said, I only got five loaves, two fish, right? The disciple said, I only got that. God said, that's enough. Watch. Here's why. But we're going to move on. Because what we do first determines what happens next. What do they do? What do they do? Verse 17. Hey, God, Jesus, we only have this. Verse 18 then says, what's it say? And he said, bring them here to me he said i understand what you don't have the good thing is is you're not enough is just enough for the more than enough come on somebody you need to hear me today what you're saying is not enough is just enough when it's in the hands of the more than enough the Father, God the Father, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the Creator of the universe, your Heavenly Father, He is the one that is more than enough. You're not enough is just enough in the hands of the more than enough. He said, bring them 
Bring them here to me. He goes, I understand what you don't have, but watch what I do. Because I can take what you do have and make it more than you thought that you needed to begin with. Because at the end of the story, what takes place? He gives it to them. It says Jesus blesses it, and they begin to serve the people. 5,000, 5,000 plus, 5,000 men, right? And that's not even counting women and children. And so he's out there, and what happens? Five loaves, two fish, feeds 5,000 men plus women and children. Watch this. And then there's baskets full on the other side. They must not have been eating much. No, see, I think they ate till they were full. I think that they ate so much that if they looked at another piece of bread, they were going to throw up all over the place. I think they ate so much that for the next week, they didn't want a single fish. They didn't even go fishing because they were tired of looking at fish. You ever been like that? You eat so much that you're like, I can't move. You got to roll me to the car. I think, I don't think it was that God was like, hey, just... Just eat just a nibble, just a crumb. Just, I think God was like, eat as much as you want. We got baskets full left over. Eat as much as you want. We got plenty left over. Don't even worry about it. You know why? Because you're not enough is just enough in the hands of the more than enough. Because when we think what we don't have limits us, God goes, bring me what you do have, and I'll not only feed you, and I'll not only feed the ones before you, but I'll use the overflow to feed the ones that are coming after you. I, I, I'll, I'll, <laughs> are you going to be hungry tomorrow too? And you'll be eating on the overflow of what I'm doing today, tomorrow. See, you'll wake up on Monday. I long for a day when followers of Jesus are so overflowing in the spirit of worship and of teaching that on Monday morning they wake up tired, but they're still eating on what God did Sunday morning. I long for the day on Tuesday whenever we wake up frustrated, but what we learned about Monday night in our personal study time, when it's just me and God, and he, and he showed me something in his word that Tuesday morning I'm going to be okay because I'm eating on what he's done. See, it's the overflow that we can chew on. It's the overflow that sustains. It's the overflow that changes. We want to change the world. We want to make a difference. We want to impact people that are right in front of us every single moment of every single day. I'm going to tell you how we do that. We take what we have and we use it in that moment and we give it to God first thing and then we give it to others. And we let the moment that we've been with Jesus be the very thing that other people begin to eat on. See, judgment comes when we expect people to eat a food that they don't have. Let me explain. We begin to judge other people's lives for not turning to God whenever they don't know how to to begin with. Unchurched people that haven't been with Jesus, they don't know. They don't know what it's like. You know how they know what it's like? Eating the basketfuls that are left over from the people that have been with Jesus. You know how people that don't understand life change with God and how he wrecks everything in our life and fixes and heals and, and makes whole people again? You know how people like that, they just kind of look at you and they're like, I just don't understand. You know how people look at you and, and you're like, I'm going to church at 8.30 on Sunday morning. They're like, Sunday, I only get two days a week off and you getting up early? And not only are you going to the 8.30, but you're going to serve the 10 o'clock and maybe the 11 if you're needed. And then you're going to go out to eat and hang out with your family. You crazy. You know that look you get from people? Yeah, some of you don't get that look because you don't serve, and we need to change that. But, 
<laughs> I love you. I love you so much. But when you only get, they'd like, you only get two days. And you're not sleeping in? Yeah, but you don't understand what it's like to get in a room full of people that know what Jesus can multiply when you give him everything. You don't understand what it's like to be around people that don't look at my mistake, but they look at my potential. You don't understand what it's like to serve with a team that prays for you and checks on you and loves you. You don't understand what it's like whenever you get to seat people in a service and then watch them raise their hand to give their life to Jesus and start eternity today. See, you don't understand that I was in a depressed state where I didn't feel like I had any life left in me but now Jesus has breathed something on the inside of me and the spirit has awakened something and I'm not the same I used to be see you don't get that and watch this they shouldn't because they're not here they haven't been with him but they can eat that morsel Whenever we've been with him, we can give him a crumb and we can give him a piece of bread and we can give him a piece of fish and we can look at him and go, I know where the whole meal is at if you'll come with me. I promise you when you're with him, it'll change everything. I promise when you're with him, he'll do that to your life, not just mine. I promise you when you're with him, you get the overflow to where it changes everything. I just wonder, can I be honest? If only 55% of if 55%, um, probably 60% of Christ followers are saying, I haven't even shared the gospel, which means I haven't even brought the gospel up to someone in six months, we might have a shortage, not an overflow. Because I'm just here to tell you, man, I didn't start this church to have a stage. I didn't. I didn't. I, I, I didn't start this church to be online. Y'all, online makes me look like a goofy, nerdy, little skinny white guy around here. It's crazy. I don't like it. Y'all, I, I didn't start this church to have pastor friends. I had those to begin with. But I got an overflow that when I was almost dead, he spoke life. See, I got an overflow today. To where I went into a planning session this week. And I prayed and I said, God, I got some dreams that I just ain't passionate about. And the Spirit of God began to breathe something in me and said, the dreams that you're not passionate about anymore, it's because you got so worried about everything else happening. It's time to awaken. So see, I got overflow today of something that you can eat from. How many times do we get in his presence and have an overflow that somebody else can eat from? How many times has he awakened something? And it's not for you. It's not for you. It's for somebody else it's the overflow that's how we change the world that's what we do we give him everything we've got and today I just want to equip and empower you the best way I can and so we're giving the offering away today we've done this before and we just felt like hey let's do it again let's do it again it's just money I'm just kidding. Let's do it again. So here's what we're going to do. Every adult in the room today, you get two things on your way out. You get a You Matter card, right? You can get more than one if you want them. And what we want to do with You Matter cards is we want to give them out while we do random acts of kindness all week long. Whatever you do, handing You Matter card. People need to know they matter. Watch this. Whether they're vaccinated or unvaccinated. Whether they're Republican or Democrat, whether they're white or black or Indian or Asian, doesn't matter. 
They need to know they matter. They need to know they matter if they wear a mask or don't wear a mask. They need to know they matter if they make more than you or less than you. They matter. So we're giving you a card so that all week long you can let people know you matter. You matter, you matter, you matter. And then we're going to give you a $5 bill. I know $5 isn't a ton. But $5 can buy somebody a Starbucks drink while you're getting yours. Just hand the cashier, here's a $5 bill, and here's a card. Pay for the next person's coffee behind me and give them this card whenever they check out. $5 can, $5 off of a grocery bill? I'd jump for joy. I got three kids. They'll eat the cabinets if I don't have food in them. <laughs> Take $5 off somebody's grocery bill. You can add to the $5, but watch this. The $5 ain't for you. It's for somebody else. It's an overflow in your life that you can bless somebody with part of what you've got. And give them the card. And you don't have to do anything else but say, you matter. You matter. I just want you to know you matter today. You matter. We're going to give and I don't care how you spend the $5, just spend it on somebody else. Send somebody a $5 gift card. You matter. Whatever, give them a $5 bill. I don't care. Just go, here's $5. Go spend it on whatever you want. And give them the card at the same time. All week long, we've got opportunities. Opportunity after opportunity. Pastor Travis is going to tell you a little bit more about that in just a second. Opportunity after opportunity for you to serve in this week. Sign up. He's going to tell you how to do that to be a part of them. we got building opportunities on Saturday. we got delivery opportunities and serving opportunities and all that. This is just another one for you. It's not in place of because I need your help. I don't want a church that gathers. I want a church that goes. Come on, somebody. I want a church that goes. So let's don't just gather this week and not go this week. Let's gather this week and let's go this week. Let's sign up. Let's be a part of something. Let's give out money. Let's, let's change the world and let's let people know that they matter to us and they matter to God. Are you with me in this room today? Are you ready to change the world? If you would stand to your feet with me, we're going to pray. Pastor Travis, come on up in just a minute. After I say amen, he's going to give you some examples. And we're going to walk out of here with energy and excitement. And we're going to give God everything we have. And we're going to watch him change the world. Father, we honor you. We worship you. We place everything that we have in your hands right now. And we pray that you multiply apply it and you move in it I pray that right now in this moment that you'd give us everything that we need God that we need to change the world this week nothing we do is of us nothing we do is of us everything we do is for you and for your glory and for your kingdom I pray every you matter card that's given out is anointed by the Spirit of God and that they would fill your arms wrap around them every person that gets it I pray every five dollar bill that's given watch us and hold us accountable and make sure God that every person that gets that they're world is changed. Every serving opportunity this week, it lets people know that we're here and we care and they matter to us. God, we honor you, we worship you, and we're ready to change the world for you. In your name we pray. Amen.